Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Welcome into the Financial Flight Plan podcast. I'm Ben George. He's Bree Reyes, investor coach and certified financial planner. Over at Estes Financial Services, today we're going to talk about, well, some legislation that's out there, Bree, Secure Act 2.0. And I, I think people are probably still trying to process the first Secure Act. Yeah, not a lot of people even know about the first Secure Act because the timing of it happens, well, this, well, let's pass year, two years. Is it two years now? I don't know. Just, it's uh, been year forever. And a half, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I think we're on two now. I, time, time has stood still, and right. no one has paid a lot of attention to Congress, um, other than <laughs> the fact that some people still just randomly get checks. That's about the extent that everybody's really <laughs> paid attention. About I just got one things. recently that she's now that you're saying that the child the child uh, tax credit child tax credit, which no one asked, they just <laughs> threw in there and um, may actually cause anybody who got one some tax issues later on. So we're going to talk about, and this is shocking to me. The Secure Act 2 and the fact that it has, well, it has bipartisan support. Nothing has had bipartisan support yeah, in um, how many decades? We're going to say decades there. And this has pretty sweeping bipartisan support. I mean, it's pretty widely strong. It's got strong support. So we'll talk about it. There are some pros. There's some cons. There's some things that I like. There's some things that I don't like in this. So we'll kind of talk about it. Yeah. So if you haven't uh, heard much about this or read much about it, we will kind of fill you in on all the details that are important to you. And if you do know about it, we'll kind of, you'll be able to get Bree's uh, perspective on things and her thoughts on each of the, the items that are in there. So we'll run through that today on the show. We're going to put the show up online at estesfinancial.net. You can connect with Bree and her father, Tim, on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, either of those spots, you can connect with Estes Financial. Uh, before I even jump into this, Bree, got to check in on uh, on you and the fam. How's everything going? Everything is going um, well. Nate is in, he's doing quite a bit right now. We are doing zoo camp Ooh, interesting. this week during the day. It is a couple of hours. And, and I sound like the worst parent because I don't actually know when it starts or when it finishes. Because it happens during the workday. So thank right. God we have my in-laws and my parents and my husband is still working home from two days a week. So like, it's fine. I have no idea when this is taking place. I think it, I think drop-offs around 8.30 or 8.45. And then pick up, I think is at noon. I could be completely wrong. See, this is why I'm not in charge. <laughs> it's at the zoo, the Fort Worth Zoo, which is one of the best zoos in the nation. Um, we constantly win awards for not only our zoo, but also some of uh, the animal programs and how they, they're able to rehabilitate animals. Like it's just, it's a really awesome, awesome zoo to have in our, just literally in our backyard. It is five minutes from my house to the zoo. And so this week, Nate is finally age appropriate and old enough. And so he and his little best friend, one of his little best friends that he has known God, since they were about one years old. They've been swimming together every Saturday morning. And our families have become very, very close friends because our cool. kids swim together every Saturday morning. And they're both only children. So they are doing it together, which is great. So that way, if they get scared, they've got, you know, a good little buddy in the class. Except she calls Nader, Nader Tot. <laughs> and he came to me the other day and said, now the zookeepers are calling me. <laughs> he didn't like it. 
Or he does I like it. I think he's fine if she does it. If right. random strangers start doing it, it's a prob- a little bit of a problem for him. But he's also told me that he has a job at the zoo. And so <laughs> he's now a, he's a keeper now, apparently. That's amazing. <laughs> Can't feed the dog, but he can take care of the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, he gets in the car. He's like, I saw a giant lizard. I was like, do you mean the Komodo dragon? Because we have a Komodo dragon. And I said, is it the dragon? And he said, yes, mom, but they're not technically dragons. <laughs> he's schooling you, huh? He is. So my son now has a job, and he is going to be a pilot, astronaut, golfer, zookeeper now. That's awesome. Well, I wanted to ask you, too. We've seen these uh, personal flights to space. Has he? Is that something he's aware of, interested in at all? I haven't let him see that yet. Okay. Um, I, I, uh, being a kid and watching the Challenger, I'm really, really careful to yeah, let him that's... watch anything that I think is experimental. Good point. Watch because of, yeah, I'll, I, he can watch it afterwards once I know it's safe. Uh, the only one we did watch as live as we could was the ISS when they went up to the space station. Yeah. In the Dragon capsule. And I felt like that was an important part of history. Commercializing space for um, very rich American, or very, I guess, very rich people is not something that I really thought, just in case it went wrong, I didn't want him to see. Yeah. And thank God everybody's come back all right. And it's been okay so far. But, you know. Yeah. Half a million bucks is a lot of money to spend on a half-hour adventure. <laughs> You're not kidding. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. So I, and I don't think he's of the age yet. So so I've got a few years to save and get, yeah. <laughs> get him ready for it. Good thing he's got a job already. So, But if Jeff Bezos <laughs> wants to call and needs a kid in space, I've got one that's ready to go for him. He'll jump right on it. All right. Well, let's let's get into the Secure Act 2.0. Brianna, we got plenty. You got plenty of thoughts on this. But, you know, for those that aren't kind of following the time frame. So the Secure Act became law at the beginning of 2020. Now, you know, that was the big news for the year, but then all of a sudden, you know, two, fast forward two months into 2020 and everything <laughs> changed, right? So And it was a dumpster fire. <laughs> it was completely out of control. So now we're trying to catch up on not only the Secure Act, but some changes that could be on the horizon that even might even come by by the end of the year, potentially some of these provisions that are, that are on the table right now and being discussed. And we want to get your thoughts on these, Bree, because Obviously, these things will affect people significantly with their retirement plan. So the first one is the RMD age, the required minimum distribution. And this was changed with the SECURE Act as well. It used to be 70 and a half. The SECURE Act raised it to 72. The new version might even take it to 75. Exactly. So um, here's what's proposed. I mean, originally, for a long, long time, the required minimum distribution, and that's on accounts that haven't been taxed yet. So your IRA, your TSP, your 401k, all of those types of things, traditional IRAs, traditional 401ks, traditional TSPs, you had to remove some money at 70 and a half. Now, I don't know who knows their 70 and a half date. I don't walk around. Well, I guess maybe if you, you celebrate half birthdays, but for generally for the most of us, we, we don't know when we're 70 and a half. And so that was super confusing to everybody. So Secure Act 1 pushed it to 72. The proposed legislation is going to raise the required minimum distribution age to 75, but they're not doing it at once like they did with 72. So what the proposed legislation is saying is that 
we can we'll move it from 72 to 73 starting January 2022 and then go to 74 in January 2029. So it's not right away. And then it rises to 75 in January 1st, 2032. So it's going to take a full 10 years to get from 73 to 75. Now, remember, this is the required minimum distribution. This is not the maximum. This is not, you can always take more than this, but this is your required minimum distribution. What I find very, very interesting and what I'm a little concerned about, though, is right now, if you fail to take your full required minimum distribution, the shortfall or what, you know, you're going to get in trouble for that. And right now, the penalty is 50% tax. So if your required minimum distribution is is hit with a 50% tax. So if your required minimum distribution is $50,000 and you forget to take it out, you're going to have a penalty of 50% or Mm $25,000. It's one of the harshest penalties right now that you can face from Uncle Sam. It's huge. It's massive, especially as we're getting older, especially as we're seeing more incidents of dementia, Alzheimer's, as the baby boomers are getting older, this is just happening. And we're seeing this more and more. The pending legislation, though, reduces this. So instead of having a 50% penalty, it's a 25% penalty. And if you figure it out and correct the mistake, they will drop the penalty down to 10%. And for the average investor, this sounds awesome. But what I'm concerned about is the, the amount of revenue the government makes. I mean, it's billions, with a B, billions of dollars every year on that required minimum distribution penalty. Um, so this this will hurt a revenue stream for the government, and we're already in crippling debt right now. Um, further, further, um, and by allowing people to defer their required minimum distribution, that means less tax that we would get right away too. So I, I'm just this is great for the individual. I don't know if this is good for the debt and the budget and this country. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I didn't really expect you kind of take, I don't know that you're taking the side of the government, but I didn't really expect you looking out for the government necessarily here in this situation, but it does make sense. Well, if we don't think about this, if we don't think about the money that's coming in, how else are they going to get the money? They're going to raise taxes on everybody. Right. And they're going to, and inflation. I mean, those are the two ways they're going to pay for this debt. And quite frankly, this is a penalty. This is a, you messed up. Yeah. Versus raising taxes on everybody. That's true. That's a good point. I don't know. And I also see the more people that say, okay, I don't have to take required minimum distributions until 75. I'll just let it defer and defer and defer. Well, how much are you going to have to take out at 75? Mm -hmm. A. And at what amount is that going to be taxed? Because it comes out as, it's looked at as income tax, not as capital gains tax. So that could be, I mean, it could be 30%. It could be 32%. It could be 40%. Yeah. Well, that's, you definitely provided some good insight because I think I don't think a lot of people are thinking of it that way, but it, it does make a lot of sense and something to keep an eye on there. What about the uh, this new one uh, that employers could auto enroll you into a 401k? This, you know, it's always been where you join a company, you have to actually take the step to opt into the 401k. But now this would actually require you to opt out if you don't want to be a part of it. You like that? The libertarian in me, the let me do what I want with my money in me is like, no, this is, you know, we're, we're making people do this. At the same time, if people were disciplined, the world would be a completely different place. We just, we don't have, we aren't good 
at discipline. I mean, look at the weight loss industry. Look at <laughs> look at everything. And I think I think people need this. So I'm I'm a little bit torn on this. It only applies to businesses with more than 10 employees. And retirement plans for churches and government agencies, of course, are exempt. When it comes to a bill like this, I always want to see who's lobbying for it. And what what's not surprising to me is it's the retirement industry. Um, it's the 401k industry. And yeah. the reason that I I know they're they're interested in this is it's expected this little thing, this auto enroll, is expected to bring in three billion new dollars. Hmm, wow. To to for the 401k industry to manage. And guess what? They get paid on that. So, you know, I love the fact I personally I'd like to see changes to the annual contribution limits. And I think the average worker is going to need to pay attention to this because a lot of times you get that giant packet of paperwork when you start working somewhere and you don't always pay attention to what you're doing. Yeah. So there's some pros and cons. I think for the whole, if people are disciplined enough, but what I'm worried about is people getting a lot of money in a 401k or getting money into a 401k when they needed a general emergency savings first. Right. But because it requires them to opt out, they're not going to take that extra step. Yeah. And who's choosing their allocations? Yeah. Another good question. So see, there's some pros and cons. Yeah. Well, you talked about contributions. One thing that I think seems like it would be positive, maybe you can point out any cons that are it could be associated with this, but catch up contributions. There are, there's talk about increasing those, right? So they would allow people between the ages of 62 and 64 to be able to make significantly higher contributions to their accounts. Yes. I love this. I love catch up contributions. Um, the reason being they're so important is because most of the time when you start working and you're a high earner, you are also, you have other bills you have to pay. You may have student loans. You may have every uh, couple of other debt things that you have to take care of first. And so you might not be able to max as much as you want as early as you want. So I love the idea of more catch-up contributions. What I really, really like though, I, I don't necessarily, I guess the employees would, okay, if you're in a 401k or a 403b, you'd be able to contribute an extra $10,000 up from the current 6,500. Simple IRA participants, you get a, an additional 5,000 up from the current 3,000. So those two things, those are great. Is it enough? I don't know, but I, I like the, I think it's a good start. The other thing I like about it in here is the um, proposal also calls for IRA. So outside uh, your employer accounts, but IRA accounts, which stand for individual retirement account, by the way. Nobody knows that. It also says the catch-up limits for those are going to be indexed to inflation starting in 2023, which I think is great because right now it's just been limited to $1,000 for catch-up. So that's, a, that's awesome too. I mean, we're allowing people to put more money away when hopefully they don't have such big bills. They don't have kids they're worried about putting in college or daycare costs and they're able to participate. Yeah, that's really cool. That could be a, a big help for a lot of people. This is an interesting one, this this next provision here. So matching funds on student loan payoffs. You know, the student loan issue is a big one for a lot of people, right? So the issue is you have this debt that you're not able, because of it, you're not able to contribute to your 401k until you start paying a lot of that down. And then you have the extra money. So much money early on goes to paying off those loans. What this new law employers would still be able to contribute those matching funds if they have them in place for their company 
to that employer's or that employee's 401k as long as they continue making those student loan, loan payoffs. I think that's a very interesting approach. It's a very interesting approach, and I I fascinated by it. I'm um, the logical part of me is like, how is all of this going to work? Who's going to like verify that you made your student loan payments? I don't know. What's the business owner's responsibility? I mean, what's the employer's responsibility on that? This is one of those things that seems great in theory, but then when you look at practicality of it, it's like, how is this going to happen? A lot of times with these bills later, it's eh, it's somebody else's job to figure it out. And that was where I was like, uh, how do we do this? How's this going to work? So if we can make it streamlined, you'd probably be for it, but it's just how much of this falls onto the business owner to figure out and to manage. Yeah. Or the employer to manage. And otherwise, yeah, I'm all for it. Cool. The last one we have here on the list is they're talking about putting together like a database that would allow you to track down old 401ks, kind of like a lost and found for retirement accounts. And, and so many people do kind of move on and, you know, for whatever reason, forget about their old accounts and just lose track of them. This would help people track, be able to find those things much more easily. What do you think? I love this idea. I know that some people are uncomfortable with a large database knowing about their funds, but so many times I have seen people leave jobs. I mean, that's the reason we have Texas unclaimed property or most most states have an unclaimed property website where you can find money that you accidentally left in a cha- savings account or maybe got a dividend payment after you moved the account or a 401k that you forgot about. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the problem with these big, big companies is it's not unclaimed property in Texas. It's unclaimed property where your company is headquartered. Gotcha. Right? Mm-hmm. So that can be, you know, you don't think about doing that. This will allow people to do that. Or if a spouse passes away, you know, and you guys hadn't planned for it and you didn't know about a 401k for four years, you know, that you're the beneficiary, it just allows you to, it really would make everyone's life, I think, a little bit simpler. And I'm going to add a sixth thing because there's something that wasn't on the list that we were going to talk about, but to me is the most important part of this new potential legislation. And it is, you can contribute to Ross in more ways. And you know how much I love a good taxed never again account. We talk about this all the time. (laughs) And we talk about how much I hate taxes all the time. Right now, simple and SEPs, retirement plans or individual retirement accounts that a lot of small businesses use. You hear so much about 401ks and TSPs, but this is more for the smaller business. They're not allowed to accept Roth contributions for employees, at least currently, right now. You can't have a simple with a Roth or a SEP with a Roth. Other retirement accounts, those big 401ks, the 403bs, 457s, TSPs, they all have Roth components. But the smaller business owner doesn't have that option um, unless they want to pay the big fees associated with those accounts. Mm -hmm. The proposed legislation could change all of that. Hmm. And additionally, employees could opt for employer matching contributions. Say you have a 401k, 457b, 403B TSP, you're going to be able to say, no, 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 I don't want my match pre-tax. I want it made on a Roth basis. Pay the taxes now while, you know, you know the tax brackets versus having to pay them later, taxing never again. This I love. This is finally something Congress is getting (laughs) right. 
thank you. Bipartisan support for this one, right? Right. Oh, God, yes. But um, pardon my language. But it's also one that I don't quite know how they're going to put in place yet. But this is the best idea ever since sliced bread. So we're going with it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Congress. I love it. I love it. And look, while we're talking taxes, too, let's go ahead and and close out this conversation with a reminder about the retirement rescue toolkit that you do offer, because taxes are such an important part of the overall plan that you need to be putting in place. And if you aren't thinking about this, you need to be doing so now. And this this toolkit will help you with that. Exactly. I mean, most of us have a ticking tax time bomb, me included. Why? Because I've made those employee contributions to the pre-tax 401k. I've had matching into a pre-tax account. When I go to take this money out, either when I'm required to at whatever age they decide to make it, <laughs> or just because I need, you know, I need to live on it's my retirement, I'm going to need to live on it. I don't know what those tax brackets are going to be then. Mm-hmm. And it's like the government has a um, an invisible lien on that money. I look at my account. When I look at my IRA, from my previous employers, I don't, if the balance is $100,000 in my mind, I don't own that $100,000. I own a percentage of that $100,000. The government owns another percent of that $100,000. And I think that's hard for a lot of people to understand. Yeah. So I may own 80% of it, but the government owns 20, at least, depending on how the brackets. So what we talk about with our retirement rescue toolkit is how to lessen that lean, that invisible lean on your account and strategies that you can do now to save your retirement. Because you don't get a Congressional Medal of Honor for overpaying in taxes. I mean, there's no no award. There's no letter from your congressman. Overpaying in your taxes is something that you do that could just potentially hurt you. And so you want to make sure your retirement is set up so that you are maximizing the money that you have worked so hard to earn. And that's why we put the toolkit together. And in it, we've got our book, Financial Flight Plan, because you know the pilot and the pilot's kid can't write anything unless we use an airplane (laughs) pun. So we've got seven lessons to save your retirement. We've got some reports on these five risks could destroy your retirement. We've got all kinds of information on taxes and stuff. It is a $97 value, but we send it out to listeners of the podcast for free. All you have to do is either call our office, 817-444-8402, or shoot us an email at info, I-N-F-O, at estesfinancial.net, and we will get it out to you, no problem. Info at estesfinancial.net to get that toolkit. It'll be a big help. All right, let's uh, get to know Bree Reyes a little bit more outside of the office. We ask her a question every single episode to, that doesn't relate to finance to find out more about her. Bree, today's question, um, give me a horror story from a past job. Oh, okay. Well, considering my first job was working at Estes Financial Services. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, no, I'm not going to reveal anything there. In high school, though, I did take a summer and work at a sporting goods store. It doesn't exist anymore. It used to be called Oshman's. We had one here in North Texas, and I think they were a chain, or at least we had one here in Fort Worth, and I think it was a chain. A 16-year-old me didn't care. But what 16-year-old me liked is I played a lot of tennis. So um, I really, really, really 
loved their rackets and, and my employee discount on tennis clothes and shoes and rackets and strings. And, oh, I could string my own racket. That was always kind of fun. So that was that it was fun until until I got to work the returns counter on a night that um, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. <laughs> and I should have just gone home. When I got there and the manager on duty, and I was the, one of their most responsible employees at 16. There was everybody that worked there was just a trip. And they said, you're going to have to work returns tonight and be the assistant manager. And I went, you know what? I am 16. Like my parents give me a lot of responsibility at home, but you're going to be in charge of the store. Like this is, I don't feel like this is a wise choice. And it happened to be league baseball night nearby. And some lovely gentleman came in with a broken baseball bat. And oh, by the way, I should mention that he, I believe he was belligerently intoxicated. Well, I, he was belligerent. I believe he was intoxicated. And my belief stems from the fact that I could smell it oozing out of him. Hmm. And he started to slur his words about the product, the quality of our product, which wasn't <laughs> even ours. Somebody else made it. We just sell the sell right. the things. And he swung a baseball bat at me. Oh, no, really? Well, yes. And had the whole baseball bat been there, it would have been a problem. I was <laughs> not God, expecting was you to broken. say that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was broken but after that i just kind of sat down and was like i I am paid minimum wage this is i am not paid enough to deal with this yeah that's incredible (laughs) and um ever since then i am super super nice to any clerk of any store ever 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 i'm i'm the type of person that folds the clothes and hangs it up because i have worked retail and i know how bad it is and i will never forget belligerent drunk baseball bat dude right yeah there's other words we could use but not here on the podcast probably no 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 No, that's awful and i i hope he's okay i'm seriously concerned about him because my my concern was how did you get here and i think we did call the cops well we did we had to call the cops because he swung a baseball bat at me but we also looked at the security cams and pulled his plate and gave it to them so wow that's crazy i was just i'm more worried about people on the road than i was fine yeah well, I wasn't expecting something so uh, so intense, Bree, but you delivered once again, as you always do here on the podcast. All right, we got time for one question before we get out of here uh, in the mailbag. And again, I encourage you to send it in. It's very easy to do if you have a question for Bree. Estesfinancial.net, at the very bottom of the page, you'll see a little contact form. Very simple to fill out your name, put in your question, and we'll try to do our best to answer it here. But Patty in Arlington wrote in and said, My husband and I argue about money almost every day because we just haven't done a great job of planning for retirement and it's starting to stress both of us out. Is this normal or do we need some serious help? Retirement in and of itself is an incredibly stressful event. So some of it could be normal if you feel like you guys are fighting too much or it's it's not really working for you. And quite frankly, you want to really, you know, get rid of some of that stress. I would definitely go seek professional help. And it probably start with a certified financial planner, since that's kind of what we do is make sure that your your plan does work. And then uh, we may recommend other professionals. Um, I have a financial coach that I like to recommend to some of my clients that need a little more handholding. There's a financial therapist that I work with. Believe it or not, that's a thing. 
because a lot of us have hangups about money and they're not necessarily hangups that we created, but they're stuff that came from our family, from the way we're raised, that type of thing. So I, it is important if you feel like it is affecting your marriage or your abilities to, you know, to be happy, I highly recommend seeking some help. And it doesn't, uh, nowadays after COVID, we're able to, a lot of people are able to work virtually or telehealth. So it, it really is, it really is something you can do from the comfort of your home. Right. Very convenient for you. So something to consider there. Um, but I guess this, this is pretty common that define couples that have different, at least different approaches to money, right? There is, you know, not a lot of people married their exact, if you, if everybody married their exact mirror, life would be very boring, I'm sure. Right. So there's a lot of times we think about things in a much different way and than our partner may. I do with my spouse. I know that and embrace it, but we've had to work through some stuff. And I know that everybody has some hangups around money and, and everybody has hangups around retirement because our country puts so much, much emphasis and our culture puts so much emphasis on what do you do? How are you productive? And that's very thinking about retirement and thinking about not being productive, a productive member of society anymore is super stressful. Also, how are you going to fill the time? Yeah. The one good thing that came out of COVID, one, one good thing that came out of COVID I've seen is I've seen a lot of people spend more time at home, more time with their spouses and kind of start easing into, oh, this is what retirement could be like. It doesn't mean that I stop working and then sit in a rocking chair and slowly die. But that's kind of what the way we've looked at it. If you're not working, what what good are you to the society? And that's not the way we should treat anyone. Right. Thanks for that question. We do appreciate it. If you do have, again, anything on your mind, please send it in to us. We'll do our best to answer it here on the show. But again, if you want to discuss Secure Act 2.0, how it could impact you, and I guess this is something you should be thinking about right now and, and be making plans for with your advisor if you haven't already. But if you want to reach out to Bree or Father Tim over at Estes Financial Services, you can do so again, 817-444-8402. Bree, Plenty of opinions on this topic, and I'm sure we'll discuss it down the road as some of these things actually maybe become law. But until that time, just I guess we just got to continue to plan and just be aware of what's happening. Yes, and I'm I'm so excited. There are some really great changes in the proposal, and hopefully everything works out well. I'm glad I'm not the one that has to implement everything. <laughs> so, you know. I'm excited. I really, really am. And for those of you that are, are listening, please go out and lead an abundant life.